Good evening, Lowell, Massachusetts. And now, presenting a joint production of For the Pops and the NAI Network. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. A verbal history of chaotic wrestling by the two men who were there from the beginning. Hall of Fame ring announcer and commentator, Rich Palladino. He is the current reigning and defending Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Former owner of Chaotic Wrestling for nearly two decades, Jamie Jamakowski. No blood, no cursing, stay off the barriers. It's time to let the chaos begin on the NAI Pop Network. And this is episode two of Let the Chaos Begin. This is Jamie Jamikowski with my broadcast partner, Rich Palladino. Now, Rich, I know you've had a pretty busy weekend. We're here recording in the studio on a Sunday night. I've been doing nothing but, you know, eating and drinking all weekend. But but you had a pretty big weekend, starting with the Start- Chaotic Countdown on Friday night, right? Starting with the Chaotic Countdown Friday night at Game Time Sports in Lowell, Massachusetts. A packed crowd, uh, guest general manager Mick Foley delivered, even gave uh, the old mandible claw with Mr. Sacco to Anthony Green, which made everybody so happy. But yeah, we went from uh, Chaotic Countdown, which was absolutely awesome. I think I got home about 1.30 in the morning and then off to uh, Joe Bruin's New England Fan Fest 6 and the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame which I hosted, and uh, it was great because Alex Arion and Brian Fury were inducted this year and uh, got home very late last night, and yeah. I knew that we had to do this today because, well, we got work That's to do. That's what we do. Yes, and now, hopefully... Ironically, I don't know if you know about the countdown, Rich. Yeah. I was number 31. You yeah, were. I was. I was, number, I was a miss... Yeah. I, I, I had a mask on. I had my luchador cape. I was going to be number 31, and they just never told me. Does that mean you were El Milagro? I, I was El Milagro. Was it El Milagro? Who was the other one? No, uh, Vortex. Oh. I was going to be Vortex number number seven. Yes. Yes. I think Biff Busick was a Vortex at one Biff point. Biff Busick was a Vortex. He and, yes. I, he and I saw each other at a wedding recently. Yes. And we talked about him being being one of the Vortexes. And that's A lot of people he, were Vortexes. Probably why he got signed to WWE. I, I'm pretty sure that when he gets called up to the main roster, it's probably going to be as... Vortex, and what they'll do is they'll just add an extra X. No doubt about it. So they it. don't, so they don't break our trademark. And, and how was the Hall of Fame? Who else? Who else was in it last night? Uh, well, they inducted some uh, legends from the past, like the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, um, Perry Saturn was there. I heard Valiant was hysterical. Oh my God, he is a living, breathing, walking, talking gimmick as he was in 1975. He's the same right now. He's actually 75 years old. Ironically enough, he says he drinks two gallons of water every day. He even was talking during his induction that he brings a gallon of water with him to bed, and he, he's got to get up and go to the Johnny a couple of times. But he told stories about staying at hotels in Boston and walking out a revolving door, and somebody was, there was a shooting going on. or I mean, he was – you talk about somebody that was invested. I mean, it was a three-hour ceremony. Yeah. Which actually better time than like a WWE Hall right, of Fame, right? Because I run a tight ship when I'm hosting nice. these when things. Host, oh, not, not not when you used to run my shows. No, there no, no. would be the Rich Palladino stand-up <laughs> hour. I also will never forget the night we were in Lowell, and I'm sure we'll cover it when I look back at some of the video. That uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a Logan's main event against each other or they were tagging against somebody else, mm-hmm. and a bunch of Logans, 
At one point in the show, Rich Palladino welcomed each and every Logan <laughs> in the crowd by name. Whole lot of Logans. And I don't remember who was sitting next to me, but they actually watched me have a coronary. Yes. I'm like, is Rich going to greet every effing person yes. in the entire crowd yes. name by name? Yes, you are. That and when I wanted to do a 10-bell salute for any wrestler that had passed away. You know, we'll, we'll talk about you and your 10-bell salute. No, you're, you're the two biggest things Rich Palladino... And again, here we are, episode two, and we're already, I'm getting on you already. <laughs> the two biggest things you used to drive me crazy on were 10 bell salutes mm-hmm. for any Yahoo who ever died. I mean, th- that Randy Savage dies. You come up to me, should we do a 10 bell salute? I'm like, for what? Come on. Well, you know, he was, I, he was, he was literally my favorite wrestler growing up. I'm not going to do a 10 bell salute to him. You're... He was never on a cut. And then your, your comeback would always be part of the brotherhood. Go fuck yourself with your and brotherhood. And your response uh, would be. When did he ever wrestle when for chaotic? Wrestle chaotic uh, and we will cover in another episode. I'm not going to say right. who it is now. That's right. We will cover in another episode the one night you were completely correct Ooh, when you confronted me on I that. I know exactly and what you're that, talking about. And then that, that was number one. Oh, boy. And then the other thing would be that, mm-hmm. Rich, you drove me crazy for 18 years on. Mm-hmm. Can we do old school entrances for this match? Oh, I love old school no entrances. No shit, you love old school entrances. Everybody knows you love old school entrances. Can I tell you something real quick about uh, old school can, entrances? It's, it's, it's your show, too. Because I'm, I'm <laughs> not, remember, you got to remember, I know this is new to you. I'm not your boss anymore. Oh, that's right. So, so sh- you can you can tell me to shut up, and I'm going to mute my mic so well, you can shut talk. Shut up. I'm going to tell a story, because actually this past Friday night at the Chaotic Countdown, we had uh, Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight title match, two out of three falls, JT Dunn defending against Ilya Markopoulos. Ilya comes to the curtain. Nobody had said do old school intros. So I was just doing regular intros for the whole show. Uh-huh. Ilya comes out of the curtain. Obviously, the fans are booing. He And I start to say introducing first. He turns and goes to the back like because, hey, the fans were booing him. Like, hey, come on. You guys should be cheering for me. I stopped waiting for him to come back out. Rich Bass, the referee, goes, oh, yeah, they want old school intros for this match. Perfect. Of course. Rich I, loves old school entrances. I love it. I love it. I will literally be watching a WWE pay-per-view or another pay-per-view, and when they do an old-school entrance, I will text people going, <laughs> Rich is loving this right now. <laughs> so happy you right now. Your, you and your old-school those Those are my two favorite things Rich Palladino used to do. I think WWE does it like for every title match now, too. I'm pretty sure they do it for title matches, which we try and do for like a Cold Fury or something like that. I didn't know we were doing it for the Chaotic Countdown, but... We did it anyways. So the weekend, but you were, we never really talked about. You know, we jumped into the first episode. Sure, we said that you and I had been together with in chaotic since day two. Mm-hmm. We never really talked about your role in chaotic wrestling overall. That I've seen video of you on other shows, mm-hmm. where you are more of just a straight up ring announcer. Yep. Didn't you always view that your role on chaotic shows? You were a little bit more of a host. Yeah, I was kind of like um, I always take it for granted, like. Perhaps there's somebody out there that's ne- – forget if they've never been to Chaotic, yep. but what if they – it's their first time at a wrestling show. I want to I want to be like your tour guide. Hey, this is yeah. – welcome. Your seat is right there, and this <laughs> is what's going to happen next. And if you'd like to buy a T-shirt, by God, they're yep. right over there, and grab a hot dog and a pup. And you were the hot dog guy. You used that college degree, right? Yep. I remember in Littleton, New Hampshire. <laughs> yes. We were short-staffed, so I, I had to go to the, I had to go to the, to the <laughs> refreshment sit, and I remember – my partner, adult Mark, like started giving me instructions on how to cook hot dogs on a roller. Yeah. And if I looked at him, I'm like, dude, I have a master's degree in hospitality from Cornell. I think I can cook a fucking hot dog. And I think you went to the social media with that because that was the night I was not in Littleton. Um, my wife, Lisa's cousin's kid. I don't know how you call that in a family sure. thing. Her cousin's kid was getting married. To me, I didn't feel like I needed to be there. 
However, she schooled me real quick that I yep. did need to be yep. there because it was a family wedding. I was not in Littleton, and you had put a picture of like the hot dogs on the rollers yeah. and said, yep, using my master's degree. Yeah, yeah Cornell, you know, this, that, was, that was the picture that was going to get me to the Cornell Bulletin. Congratulations. Of me, of me cooking hot dogs. But no, I, I have to say, that, like I said, the one thing about as I watched some of the video mm-hmm. is that you were always like the host of Chaotic. Mm. So even when I would start to go banana on you spending some time in the ring. Mm-hmm. Our fans, like when we were bringing in, whether it was Bobby Cruz, or I remember, who was the poor kid we brought into Littleton once? Oh, I think... Um, now, for those of you who are listening, Littleton, New Hampshire is about like three hours from where we usually run. You yeah. just go north and keep going north. But the foliage is lovely when you're going up there in the Yeah, fall. and then, you know, before you hit Canada, you stop and there, there's and Littleton. There's, and there's an opera house. And yeah. there's an opera house, and that's where we used to have shows. And I forget... Who was the poor kid we used one night and, when you couldn't make it? And the name's escaping me, but I was getting texts. And I know he was a former worker. I know it was somebody right. that had wrestled. And he may have even wrestled on a chaotic show or two. Fury would know exactly who it is. We should probably get him on the phone. But Right now, Fury's yelling at us. I was, he knows who it is. I was, getting a, uh, I, I, I was getting some texts being like, oh, my God. The fans are doing this poor kid. on the poor kid. Ah, and, I, I, and that's not my intent. I, you know, but it's... Uh, they didn't get on Bobby Cruz as much, but I think they at least knew Bobby Cruz. He was with us occasionally. He was like your your usual fill-in. Yeah. And then because of Ring of Honor, they kind of respected Bobby. But, oh, I yeah. that poor kid, I wasn't there that night either. Until Bobby but, turned heel and oh, decided to start shitting we're, on we're me gonna on cover shows. That, we're going to cover that whole angle another day. One of my favorite angles ever. I love Bobby Cruz. When, when we fired you. I when, love I, I didn't fire you. Sean Gorman fired Sean you. Sean Gorman fired me, when yes. He, when he won control of Chaotic. Yes. So I don't know about you, Rich. I got a lot of great feedback from a lot of people on the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say Mark Sherman, the, uh, the innovator of this podcast. Again, mm-hmm. he was one who first reached out to me to say, we should do this. Yep. Uh, he reached out to me. He said, thought it was great. Awesome. And then he proceeded to, to send me 10 ideas oh. of future episodes that we should do. And that's what we're going to talk about now, right? His 10 ideas? Yeah. They all ended with the name Sherman. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he came up with some great ideas. And we'll, we'll have Sherman on one of these days as, as a guest. And I'm sure we'll cover the long storied career of Mark Sherman. Of course. But I got a lot of good feedback. Yep. One person who didn't have good feedback for me oh my. was... From the wrestling podcast about nothing, <gasps> Brian Malonis. He and I saw each other this weekend, and he said that I actually got one of the stories dead wrong. Oh. That apparently at Homecoming, mm-hmm. the first iteration that we were going to do, it was going to be Handsome Johnny against Rick Fuller in that main event. Mm. And then Handsome was the one who came to me and said, no, I want to work Eugene. And I said, okay, Handsome, you can work that match instead. And your recollection is... I thought I picked handsome. Either way, <laughs> either handsome's the douche or I'm the douche, or we're both douches because he wanted and but but regardless, I think it all worked out for Brian. It, because, you know, again, he has that picture of him and Vince McMahon in the ring. And handsome did okay for himself too. Yeah, he's, yeah he's still doing okay. And uh so Malone's didn't say anything bad about anything I did then. No, everybody everybody thought you were perfect. All right. Uh, everybody thought you were perfect. Uh I saw Brian Fury and we start to discuss a future episode mm-hmm. that he and I are already disagreeing on something that happens. <laughs> and I said to him, we'll, we'll have to save it for when he comes on. Yep. Um, so that's so that'll, be a, that'll, be, that'll be a good future one. Uh, but tonight, Rich, yes. I, when we come back from the break, we got to have a cool topic for tonight. We do. We do. Cold, um, Cold Fury 1. Cold Fury 1. I happen to be wearing a Cold Fury t-shirt. I as, see that one. As we're recording this, um, ironically enough. 
And uh, Cold Fury 1, which took place in 2001, we're going to get into it, where the name come from. I got some questions. And there was a lot of different for chaotic at the time things going on. Some, uh, let's just say some off the script kind of things, maybe some bad language. Um, you know, a few things that would leave people in the audience perhaps scratching their head. Um, and maybe some announcers and owners. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, Cold Fury 1. And um, yeah, and like you said, watching it back, yeah. as we kind of talk about it a little bit tonight, I, I, I didn't realize that the company changed that much over the course of a decade and a half from that first Cold Fury. And you said it, the, from the people on the shows to the language on the shows to the presentation of the show oh, yeah. to the announcers on the show. Um, it, it's it's really cool. So I'm kind of excited to talk about this one tonight. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of things just out there. That, things you can pick up, like just as we were watching a little bit of it before we went on the air, just little things that you pick up on, and um, which I think speaks to the the you know the great history of this company. So many people have come through the doors, walked out the doors, and well, this night somebody literally walked out the door. They managed to get back in, but we'll get but into we'll, that. We'll get into all that. <laughs> we'll get into and again, that. as you listen tonight or you listen to future episodes, if you want to send us some feedback, you can go on Facebook. It's LTCB Podcast on Facebook. Also, you can go to ForThePops.com. We have our very own Let the Chaos Begin page on the For the Pops website. Or you can check us out on NAI Pop. You can go to NewAgeInsiders.com. Lots of ways to track us down. But when we come back, it's going to be me and Rich. We're going to talk the very first Cold Fury from Lawrence, Massachusetts. When we come back on Let the Chaos Begin right here on the NAI Pop Network. You know the New Age Insiders Wrestling Show is the premier place for wrestling fans to connect, discuss, and to be heard. But what if we told you that there's also a show for fans of all kinds to do the same? That show is Late Night Liam. Show hosted by myself, Liam Stryker. And me, Bill Neville. Join us immediately following NAI Pod every Wednesday as we dive into pop culture, sports, current events, and more. Can't listen live? No worries. Late Night Liam can be downloaded on demand exclusively on the NAI Network channel. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and all podcast platforms. Once again, join Late Night Liam live every Wednesday following NAI Pod. When you and fans of all kinds can connect, discuss, and be heard. You hear about Chaotic Wrestling's past on Let the Chaos Begin. But if you want to see its present and future, then go to Chaotic Wrestling Live. You can see all the Chaotic Wrestling action live and in person across New England. Go to chaoticwrestling.com slash tickets to see the current schedule of shows and to purchase tickets. It's all the action of Chaotic Wrestling live at chaoticwrestling.com. Back with Let the Chaos Begin, the podcast here on the NAI Pop Network. I'm Rich Palladino. He is Jamie Jamikowski. And Jamie, as we alluded to earlier, we are talking about the very first Cold Fury, which took place at the KFC, the Knights of Columbus Hall in Lawrence, Massachusetts on December 14th, 2001. 
a stone's throw away from the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. If you can throw a stone across Interstate 495, you would actually hit the building. But uh, real quick before we get into it, um, let's take a look at the card. Uh, opening contest was Hurricane John Walters defeating Vince Vicalo, a nice scientific match to kick mm-hmm. things off. Two good friends, and uh, you'll hear their names again in a moment. Um, Tony Roy as Antoine Rouat defeated Steve King, two of Killer Kowalski's uh, prime students, uh, showcasing their talents in our second match. Then for the light heavyweight championship, uh Dancing Dukes Dalton with Brittany Summer capturing the title from the intellectual Arch Kincaid. I cannot wait till we do a Dukes Dalton show and try to get Dukes in studio. I would love to have Dukes in studio. Oh, my goodness. Um, And then uh, our dearly departed uh, good friend uh, Ali Muhammad um, defeated Big Mike Stud in a bull rope match. Very interesting and new for chaotic wrestling at that point. Uh, Ali Muhammad with Skunk O'Malley Ugh. as his manager, and Mike Studd with Short Sleeve Samson. I just saw Short Sleeve actually in New Orleans uh, a couple months ago. He's doing great, and uh, he was always fun to have on the shows. Uh, from there, the extreme strongman, Gino Martino, defeated Scarecrow by Countout. Gino! And then we're going to get into this more in depth. I almost feel like we should leave the last two off here. but Sure, it, it's up to you. Yeah, so we'll get into these All last right. two matches um, as we progress. So here it was, Cold Fury. That's it. wasn't Cold Fury 1. It, it was just called Cold Fury. Let's get into this, Jamie. What was the thought process and where Cold Fury now, where we just had the 17th installment of Cold Fury um, this past March, which has become our, quote, WrestleMania, was that the intent back in 2001? No, I don't think it was the intent. Um, I can say that we made a decision really early on not to name all of our shows. That actually drove me crazy, still drives me crazy (laughs) to this day, that it seems like all these jackasses who run shows they name them all okay, well easy. i work for some of those that, jackasses. that's fine i i don't <laughs> so you can and you can tell them and, and i would tell them if they were sitting here i think that's so stupid because how do you make anything stand out i think if every one of your shows has some weird you know caged chaos summer chaos chaos on the beach um chaos under the sun how do you make any of them stand out <laughs> so at the time if i remember i think we had only done one named show at that point it was dragon fire when we brought in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, my. That's a podcast Rich, in itself. Rich is staring back. Like, how did you just remember Dragonfire? I didn't even know it was Dragonfire. All I remember was that we actually rented a limo and picked up Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in style. We did, except, Rich, you, you're actually missing part of that story. We didn't rent that limo. That was my family's limo that we just used for the night. That was our limo and our driver. But that's another story for another day. Pompous. Okay. I, 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 try, <laughs> you, I know you can't hear it because you don't have headphones on. I just borrowed my If I Were a Rich Girl stinger from the For the Pops podcast, uh, also right here on the NAI Pop and Network. If, if I, I need a pompous button. Yeah, well, you know, we'll get you one. We're going to get you a, a, a pompous button, so you can hit the Rich Girl stinger oh, whenever boy. you want. Okay. Um, Back to anyway. Cold Fury. So... Really, no, Cold Fury was not meant to become our WrestleMania. We needed it as it was the end of our first full year. Because at that point, we'd been running for probably about 15 months. Because mm-hmm. I believe we had started in the October previously. Yeah, so right? the very first Chaotic Wrestling event, professional event, was in September of 2000 at Loco Bazooka. Right. In affiliation with WAF. We were basically the sideshow. Yeah. 
Um, I was not there, as we talked about in the first episode. Yeah, so we're talking, yeah, 14, 15 yeah, 14, months 15 later, months. Yeah. So really, if you look at it, because this cold fury was in December. Mm-hmm. and the It was cold actually fe- cold. It was cold. Some of the cold furies migrated into <laughs> March. I think it might have even one in April <laughs> along the way. Which in New England's still cold. Sure. That's but okay. it, it, was, it was designed to be the end of the year show mm-hmm. and a little bit of a booking reset. Mm-hmm. You and I are older. I rem- and I don't think it's this way as much anymore. WrestleMania was always the end of the storyline year mm-hmm. and the start of the new one. Mm-hmm. That's where you waited for all that stuff to come together. Like, and that's what we kind of did yeah. at the first Cold Fury. It wasn't meant to become something. Yep. It was just meant to be... We're going off calendar year where we say it's not a physical calendar. It's it, it, like like in, in the real business world, this was, hey, it's December. Very much like Ring of Honor does with Final Battle in December. So Exactly. Did we give them the idea? No, I'm just kidding. I think um, they, I, well, we, technically, chaotic wrestling is older than Ring of Honor. So this is know. true. This is true. So, but yeah, so it's the end of the year, and uh, and so, that was it. And then in terms of the name, I mean, the name. I I will take credit. I came up with the name Cold Fury. Yep. Uh, and there were two reasons we did it. Uh, when we talk about it in the main event that night, it was going to be Louis Ortiz, mm-hmm. babyface Louis Ortiz. Yep. Challenging the heel champion, Ronnie Delicious. Yes. And a heel's a bad guy, by the way. And I thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Trademark, Johnny Fabulous. Um, and Ronnie was the big heel. And we knew that this was the culmination of Louis finally getting his title shot against yeah. Ronnie. Yep. And so I thought, well, he his nickname was Latin Fury. So we took the Fury. It was December. Mm-hmm. We called it Cold Fury and we we ran with it. Yeah. And that's literally how we came up with the name. We should get the event poster up on the um, the Facebook page. Oh, I don't. I don't know if I still have that one, uh, like the just, original one. Yeah, and that's when Louis had that really cool ponytail in the back too. He just he just had a much different look. I'll see if I still have the original. We should pop, pop that up on 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 the social media. I will bet you our good friend Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. No, he'll have the fake one that I had him do <laughs> five years later. Oh, okay. we create a new one where it was uh, like. It was, I think, Ronnie D's big face kind of in shadow overlooking Louie. That was a fake one. I'll, I'll, I'll find the crappy one I made on, you know, what year was this? 2001? No, 01, yeah. 2001 Microsoft Word okay. poster. Uh, horrific. Okay. Horrific. So that that's where we got the name. I yep. mean, and like I said, it wasn't brilliant. It was Latin Fury in the main event, and it was really cold out. Mm. And and that's that was the really the first... The first Cold Fury and how it started. It wasn't. We didn't have a big venue. No. We were in the like you said, the Lawrence Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, as you watch the video online, um, I, I believe Chaotic Wrestling still has it available. We used to have it on videotape. I don't know if it ever made it to DVD. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. No. But a bunch of the matches, if you go on YouTube yep. and search Chaotic Wrestling Cold Fury, they're out there. Compliments of our good friend that's referee right. Rich Lannon. Killer Kowalski trained right. Rich Landon, which is actually a nice segue because um, we know where the name came from. Uh, we had never really named our events other than the one when we had Ricky Steamboat. This not only seemed to be a booking reset, but almost a changing of the guards. And I would dare say we were starting to see a new regime in chaotic wrestling. And a lot of those um, names of that regime 
were heavily influenced coming from the Killer Kowalski Institute of Professional Wrestling. Yep. And it's really important to point out when you said regime, everyone needs to understand. I technically wasn't running Chaotic Wrestling at this point. I was one of four partners. It was uh, Milo Masterson, who's your broadcast partner. Do you know where the name came from, by the way? I think I do, but you say it. Okay, so Milo, the first night I met Milo, when we did the commentary, he said, this is Milo. And I was like, what's Milo's last name? And it's like, it doesn't matter. We just call him Milo. Milo and I were speaking, and he had an infatuation with Master Sandy, who used to be on our shows. Interesting. A very... Like creepy obsession with Master Sandy. So he was like, yeah, we need some kind of last name. And I actually came up with Masterson, Masterson. because it was kind of like Master Sandy son almost. Oh. Masterson. And that's where. That's where he got us. I like that. And I loved working with Milo, especially in Lawrence, heavily um, Spanish population. <laughs> yes. And when we had the TV show yep. on Channel 27, uh, Wooster Boston. Boston. Milo would always uh, try and speak a little Spanish. Uh, See, si. donde seis las chicas, which <laughs> is where the, where, the where, where all the women at. Where, where all the women at. But anyways, oh, I digress. So you were saying about, um, but there were four partners. There was uh, Milo Mousen, Ben Lentini, mm-hmm. myself, and then Randy Miller was really the one running. Why did you clench your fist when you said uh, Randy? It, it, you it, were counting on your pev- hand. It's some weird Pavlovian reaction. You were counting fingers on your hand, and then when Randy Miller's name comes up in terms of chaotic. And to let everybody know, um, Milo, Randy, and I, we had all known each other since high school. We were all friends. We started Chaotic, which will be another story another day. Mm-hmm. When we got to this point 15 months in, and it, it, Rich, you know as well as I do, it started prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured out as as partners that Randy wanted to be part of the show, not just run a company. Mm-hmm. And I think this was a show where you really see it. Oh, yeah. So... That's regime A. Then we talk about another part of it, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, this was the first show where you start to see Killer Kowalski's school and all of his students really take over Chaotic Wrestling. Shortly before this, we had kind of reached an agreement with Mike Hollow, who was the head trainer there, mm-hmm. um, to start utilizing more and more of his students. Yep. I do believe it was probably a month before this Cold Fury that we actually opened the CTC. I want to say the Chaotic Training Center opened. Actually, I know it was open in November of 2001. Okay. It had just opened a month prior to Cold Fury. Mm-hmm. So Mike Hollow and us, we had actually broken off from Killer Kowalski School, and a bunch of the students who came over with us were now basically the cornerstones of Chaotic Wrestling. Absolutely. And, and like, those guys were... Um, well, you... John Walters, Vince Vicalo, I mean, at, a t- at a point, Jimmy Jack Cash. Yeah. Um, later down the line, Wagner Brown, or maybe before this time, yep. Wagner Brown. Um, April Hunter. April. The yep. Boston Brawler. Duke Salton. Dukes. I mean, Dukes, Dukes and Hollow were pretty primarily like the trainers. Dukes right. Was Mike Hollow Mike was the head trainer, and, yep. and Dukes was his assistant head trainer. Yes, of course. The, the former Kid Delicious. Kid, oh, this is before, before he became a cowboy and before he started dancing. I, I remember uh, Kid Delicious. But yeah, but it was a changing. Mike, of, Mike Studd, uh, Brittany Summer, who's one of the managers, yeah. everybody on there. Yeah, they're all from Kowalski School, which was a different crew than the, and I hold up quotes, chaotic originals who were offered 
Contracts on the independence. Yeah, contracts. Contracts. Hey, and and I had one. You did have one. And that's when I became the most hated announcer. I may still be. Good. I uh, became very much hated because I had a contract that stated that I would work for Chaotic Wrestling and no other company because the vision was that... I, I believe Randy was quoted, um, and again, I'm probably I'm going way off our little outline no, here. That's okay. I think I think in order for the end of this show to make sense, what we're going to talk about, we've got to talk about the contracts and how they work. So we were on a show on Nessen where they featured Chaotic Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the name of Ringmasters. The, okay, and it Professional was about, wrestling in New England, and we were a big part of that episode. Randy was quoted as saying, and I always screw this up when I say it, and that's my age coming out, mm-hmm. but. He said independent wrestling in New England was same clowns, different circus. Yes. In other words, you could see an Ali Muhammad and Gino Martino as baby faces or good guys in chaotic wrestling. This can be a weekly thing, isn't and it? And you could see them uh, the next night somewhere else in Rhode Island as heels. And the vision, the purpose of the contract was that these would be the uh, intellectual property for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, um, which will go somewhere else later <laughs> down the line. But we would just have chaotic wrestling performers and personalities and announcers. Yep. So right about this time, the contracts had gone away where they, I think, well, we'll get into it. There was there was a contract okay, that stop, had actually. No, wait, stop, stop, stop. No, no, because I'm going to defend myself. And I'm going to come out and say Randy Miller was right. 20 years later now, I'm going to blatantly say Randy Miller was right. I'm writing this down. Because here's where our contracts work, because I want to be real clear on this. Mm-hmm. What we said to you, and I think it was you and I think seven others originally. I could probably list them if you put a gun to my head. What we said was, we're going to give you X amount of dollars every month. Correct. Guaranteed. No matter how many shows we run, no mm-hmm. matter how many shows we don't run. Mm-hmm. Um, but in exchange for that, you can't work Anywhere else. Exactly. Now, that also meant we used to do some uh, personal appearances. Like, we'd do Frank West's Toys for Tots Drive. We did some radio shows. We did the famous show at Harley Davidson outside. I signed autographs at a tattoo place in Worcester, I think. Oh, if I think, because I remember we used to record, I recorded the ad for it, and I can't remember the name Because we of had it. a TV show, folks, that, uh, and we had actual sponsors and ads that were run on the TV show. Because um, I remember I was said talent um, myself, and I want to say maybe short sleeve were yep. there um, doing autographs um, one day at a tattoo place. I want to say on Shrewsbury Street in Worcester, which is probably I can't remember the name. I, I can see the ad in my head. Yep, uh, that from the old uh, Worcester Boston TV show. Worcester, Worcester. So that's how it worked. Yep. So you couldn't work, and I think it was the right plan Mm -hmm. because now if you want to see gino martino Mm -hmm. if you want to see the one night stand you have to see him with us yes and i will tell you right now here's where everybody in new england get all pissy with me right now i think that's a problem with new england right now what the hell is my incentive to go see you know i'll I'll use an example of a guy who works a lot anthony green Mm -hmm. what is my incentive to go see him on a chaotic show when he's on chaotic tonight Beyond tomorrow night, six other places over the next three weeks. Yep. I no longer, if I'm in Worcester, mm-hmm. I no longer have to travel to Lawrence to see 
my favorite people or the or or, or the wrestlers I enjoy. Right. Because I can wait till they're closer. And AG is going to be in Providence, and I love AG. I think his new retro gimmick is awesome. Yes. But it's changed. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, if I were still running Chaotic today. I probably would have locked people down in contracts. Mm-hmm. And you see some companies doing it. Evolve's doing it now. Yes. Evolve, who is an indie. Mm-hmm. You know, they let's see. What, what, tell, me, tell me when this sounds familiar. They're an indie that has a pretty strong relationship with WWE mm-hmm. and seems to be a feeder system for them. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're locking guys up and saying, you, we get first priority over everybody else. Otherwise, you're not going to have access to this connection. Where does that sound really? F- oh, that's right. I was doing that 15 goddamn years ago. Yes. So Randy Miller was right. Mm-hmm. Where we screwed up was we didn't run enough shows. Right. See, what we should have been doing was if I'm paying you a flat fee yep. and we took, okay, here's what Rich wants every show. Mm-hmm. We multiply it by three mm-hmm. to, and we or four. We guarantee that to you per yep. month. Yep. We should have run six shows. Right now, we're getting more out of you than what we're paying exactly. you. Exactly, twenty eighteen, Jamie would have figured that out. Yeah, because in two thousand, well, two thousand and one, there were months where we had literally one show. So right. you know, for for simplicity, state if if you're giving me two hundred dollars a month, I'm just generalizing. Yeah, I'm making two hundred dollars per appearance if we do one show. Yet, you know. If if it was five or six, well, then I'm earning whatever forty dollars a but, show. <laughs> but Rich, we also marketed the shit out of you guys because remember, hey, t-shirt. If, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna put you. If, for those of you who go on YouTube and watch these Cold Fury matches, look in the background at our merch stand. Yeah, uh, Mike Stud was wearing one. We used to design print mm-hmm. every t-shirt. We'd give you guys a small cup cut of them, not yep. much, right. but would give you a little bit. But you, what was your uh, Rich is? It was the old Monday Night Raw, Raw yeah. is War logo. Yeah. And it said, Rich is chaotic. And it was very red and white yeah. on the front and on the back. It said, Rich Palladino and the chaoticwrestling.com. So I still have one or two, I think, left at home. Yeah. And, and let's see, I can, I, there was Got Milo. Yep. There was 28-inch waist, Edward G's with the big arrow yes. pointing down. Yep. Um, Ronnie D's was how you's doing. How you's doing. I'm trying to think. Um, Kyle Storm had one. That's right. Kick ass. His was gray and black. Yep. And then, interesting. What what uh, this was Ben Lentini, one of the partners. What he did was he actually went to the old WWE shop zone and looked to see what they were doing. And at the time, that's what they would do: is they would take a catchphrase. It would be a one color T shirt, two sided. Yep. And he basically just just stole the idea. And that's Arch Kincaid had a tie dyed one. Yep, and Gino it, had uh, I, I can't remember exactly what, but I know Gino had one. His as was well. uh, extreme, uh, if you're out of your mind over matter. When you're out of your mind, mind it, just it just doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I think yeah. was what his said. Yeah. Um, but regardless, we, we made t-shirts. We had t-shirts. We had eight by tens. We didn't have to. We didn't have to buy like today. You right. Know, talent pays for their own shirts, sells them at the shows. Boom. We had shirts that were already made for us. They were 8x10 photos, yeah. usually with a sponsor. Uh, when we had Boston Harley-Davidson, which we'll talk about later, yeah. I had an 8x10 photo. At Boston Harley-Davidson, I'm sitting at a Harley-Davidson table with yeah. a Harley-Davidson coffee mug. We all got free gear from them. I mean, we. so again, I want to go back and say, I'm, screw it, I'm going to put myself over. We were doing the right thing, because look what everybody does now. Everybody does now. What do you all do? You all have your eight by tens. You have yep. your, your so we were doing that ahead of everybody else, yep. and we had those people locked in. Yes, and this is in two thousand and one. So yes, so everybody we was were locked right, in. But that's how the contracts worked, mm-hmm. which bring us to now. Mm-hmm. So now the Kowalski guys came in. Yes, we didn't have contracts, right? But again, now the CTC is starting. Mm-hmm. 
at this point, we're kind of establishing ourselves as a real player in New England. Chaotic wrestling is becoming a brand at this Correct. point. So people were comfortable working just for us. We mm -hmm. didn't have to do that negotiation, but the contracts kind of went away. Yep. So the people who kind of got screwed in all of this were the originals. And, and again, because now all of a sudden we've got these people who were trained to be wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching it, and to this day, I love Gino Martino. Look at how the Kowalski guys looked mm. and looked at our and look at our originals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's not I'm it's not being derogatory or anything. It's just there's a difference. The way that Kowalski trained his guys and how they presented themselves, you know, but we had lots of characters. We had right. a, the, the let's face it, we had we had the one night stand. And I guess we should probably start tapping into this. We had Ronnie Delicious, uh, the former Star Warrior for the, yeah. the Savoldis and the ICW days, um, and Edward G. Ecstasy. Ronnie Delicious and Edward G. Ecstasy, the one-night stand. And along the way came the Killer Kowalski-trained teen idol, Aaron yeah, Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sandow. So we had a trio that were the hottest thing in chaotic wrestling from our our second or third show when we i think it was our second show when we did the shriners auditorium in wilmington oh yeah that was my first that show. was your first show yes which we'll talk about that mess another day <laughs> um our good friend todd fat pen sinclair who was a, a fan at the time mm -hmm. mike jass and 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 mucko god rest his soul they came to that show and until the day he passed mucko would tell me the only reason they came back for a second chaotic show, that show was so terrible. The only reason he came back was because of the one night stand. These two guys came out to the Divinals. I touch I myself. I touch myself. Um, it, Ronnie was, can, can I use the term Guido? He was like a Providence. I used doing. doing. He was, hey, Ronnie DeMaria. He, he is. He was. He's as Italian as they can come. Good looking guy. Really he was good tan. Great body. Great body. And he, he played up his Italianism. Yeah. And, and he was awesome. He'd and, wear the fedora. Yeah. And, you know, he was just. And Ronnie. Andy. Andy had trained at Kowalski's very early on. Okay. Very early on. Then he left. Okay. Andy was a big guy. Edward GX, a yeah. big guy. With a rather large gut. Yeah, thus right. the 28-inch waist. Because he would claim, I have a perfectly sculpted 28-inch inch waist. waist. Thick, very muscular, yes. very powerlifter-type physique. But yeah, he he had not a beer belly, but he had a like gut. a good size yeah. midsection. Yeah. And people and that and and as a heel, or a bad guy, I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore. But as as a heel, of course, you know, he's gonna earn the ire of the fans by saying, no, 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 it's like, this is a 28-inch waist. Playboy Buddy Rose used to do right. it all the time. You know, they'd announce it's of the original Of the originals, yeah. they were probably the two best workers in the ring, too. They oh, could yeah. wrestle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, whereas Ali, you know, they were a little bit more brawlers. They were cut from that yeah. ECW cloth yep. a little bit more. Yep. But whereas Ronnie and Andy could work. Yes. So that was that weird little transition we had going on at this point. And at Shriners Auditorium, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the Millennium Killers, who were Ali Muhammad and Gina yep. Martino, had wrestled uh, Ronnie Delicious and Edward GXC. This was before Aaron had come on right, board. Yeah. Um, and the thing about that Shriners Auditorium is uh, on a good night, you could probably put 5,000 people Correct. in there. And, uh, well, we 
Fell a little bit short of that number, didn't we? But we had, for a, for a wrestling company running their second show, we drew a respectable 263. You put them in a building that holds 5,000, it looks awful. Yes. I Many times I thought, what would have happened had I quit that night? Yeah. Because it would have been justified. But, yeah, we made mistakes. That could be another episode, too. Yeah, that'll definitely, There's... I think we do, we'll come back to a lot of times we could have quit, but so, we didn't. Um, so, uh, Ronnie and... Uh... Eddie G. Yeah. were contracted employees Correct. of Chaotic Wrestling. This show was on Friday night, December 14th. And if anybody sees the footage, just follow Richard Lannon on YouTube. And he has graciously put up uh, just about the entire card right there. Edward G. Ecstasy storms to the ring. And this was the next match I was going to talk to probably a half hour ago when I was going through the lineup. And he comes to the ring in sweatpants and a leather jacket and says... Kicks me out of the ring, tells me to sit my fat ass down. He lost all credence with me right then and there. Didn't know that was coming. And he says... Well, at the time, that was before your big weight loss, Rich. When I was watching the tape, you were, uh, you were a sizable fella back I then. I was a sizable fella back then. You were a sizable fella. <laughs> I sure was. But um, he tells me, get out of the ring, takes the microphone, and says that as of this past Sunday, which would have been December 9th, 2001... Our contracts are up. Right. And he came out quoting the great Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last. My God, Lord, have mercy. I am free at last because he wanted out of his contract because the one night stand, uh, I guess other promoters were seeking them out. No, 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 no. Okay. This is where, and we'll do this. And we'll, okay. So. No. Uh, the, the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, WPAN, they did a great episode recently about works versus shoots. Mm-hmm. And Malonis talks about how every now and again, people work themselves into a shoot. Oh, yeah. So what happens is it starts off as storyline, then somehow it turns real. Mm-hmm. That's what happened on this. Okay, contracts were going away. Yep. What was happening was Ronnie and Andy wanted more money per show, and we were negotiating. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Then Randy Miller decides, well, why don't we turn this into a storyline? Remember, uh, everybody, do your math. You're kind of, what, tail end of the Attitude Era? Middle of the Attitude Era, 2001-ish? Tail end, because I think 97, 97 98 was the real highlight of it. But, but this stuff is kind of in. It's kind it's, of letting people think they're in. They think they're peeking behind the curtain. Right. This is like straight up in your face. A worked shoot, if you will. Sure. And... Um, and that was that, and that's exactly how this whole match played out because Ronnie and Andy or Edward GXC, they were our tag team champions. Or Eddie, Edward, GXC Edward GXC and, and Aaron were the tag champs. Because Ronnie was our heavyweight yep. champion, so they did actually hold the card. So I mean, they were smart asking they were. for more money because, yeah. like we said, with with Mucko, God rest his soul, the the only reason he pants and my Mike Jazz came back was because of them. So of course now we've got our tag team champions. And our heavyweight title um, in limbo, so to speak, being kind of dangled in front of us uh, during negotiations. Right. And uh, I think this... No, no, Rich, no, 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 no. You're falling for it. What? No. no. You like, had just said they wanted more money. That's... But, but it was more like, hey, we know contracts are going away. We want to keep working for you. Can we get a few more dollars per show? That's all I'm saying. Wait, but 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 no, like, but, but like, even like, <laughs> see, I'm getting all angry now. Because people were like, well, no, and they're holding us. No, they weren't. It was literally, oh, well, why don't we do this? And again, mm-hmm. Randy Miller was booking. Mm-hmm. I take, I will take credit for my shitty booking 
a year after this and then for 16 years going forward. That's all me. <laughs> we can talk about Jamie's shitty booking decisions. Mm-hmm. We'll bring in Brian Malonis as a guest on that one because he remembers all of them. But, <laughs> but, but Jesus, no, this was fine. There was no problem. Mm-hmm. So we, they do this, this angle yep. where th- he's not going to defend. They're walking out with our belts. So we bring out John Walters and Vince Vicalo, mm-hmm. who had wrestled each other in the first match. Yes. Two textbook Kowalski guys. Yep. And they beat the one night stand for the tag team for the tag team championships. Yes. Immediately after, Randy Miller and Mike Hollow come out and confront Edward Jexasy right in, in right in the aisle way. Right in the aisle way. With a bag. With a bag. They hand him his bag from the locker room. He gives him two middle fingers. Yes. They're cursing each other. He shoves Randy. He whips his bag across the uh, the, across the room. The entire room. A fan basically caught it. Correct. And I will tell everybody, <laughs> we are going to do a future episode, and we're going to call it The Chaotic Rules. If you talk to anybody who's performed in chaotic wrestling in the past 16 years, ask them, what do you know about Jamie and The Chaotic Rules? And they'll they'll be able to list them. We're going to do a whole episode just on those. Because they were all broken. They're you! The- <laughs> wait a minute. You, Mr. La- La- Laughabilly over here. When we're watching the clip, somehow Eddie throws you, a, Edward actually throws you out of the ring. Yep. When they're quote-unquote quitting. Yes, and I got You off. come back. And you're the one who brought out Jay. You're the one who brought out Vince yes. Vicalo. And 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 why don't you tell everybody? You take the microphone back. What do I you start s- yapping away? I swore I took my Lord's name in vain. I said, "God damn, they're going to defend those goddamn tag team titles." Understanding so, the angle. Yeah. So apparently, in 2001, everybody in Canada. What did I say? What did I say before we went on the before we started recording what? here? When we were watching it, you were like, "Oh my!" Because I'm listening to me swearing. Of course, that was part. That was my role. Andy's going to throw you out of the ring. You pretend you're pissed off. You go to the back, Thank- and I got Vince Vicalo Thank and John Walters. We brought in those chaotic rules a few shortly after this. Thank- thanks to Jamie Jamitkowski. So far, we're, as they were, we're, we're 43 minutes into this episode, and so far, I've proved myself right twice on contracts and now the chaotic rules. Because all you, so anyways, I didn't flip anybody off. So, so now this stupid angle, like now all of a sudden. Randy Miller's out there, and you're talking about him as the president of Chaotic Wrestling. Wasn't exactly as big as Vince McMahon being revealed as you know, you know the the, the head of WWE. Mm-hmm. Mike Hollow's out there. Right. What none of us knew was this was Randy's way of getting himself on shows. This is where you started to see mm-hmm. the Office. In quotes, yes, not In the quotes. TV show. No, this is where you start to see the Office. Yes, as. The heel management group of Chaotic Wrestling. And don't forget, if anybody sees this footage, don't forget, Edward GXDC says, I'm sick of all this shit, so to speak. Actually, I think he said it literally. Um, Sick of doing all these spots that Mike Hollow wants to, again, giving the fans the little peek behind the curtain to play this off as a shoot. So now here comes Hollow and Miller, Chaotic Wrestling pullovers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go back and look at the footage. With the bag, and uh, like you said, the chaotic rules apply here. And then what happens? And then Edward Jexy storms out. Yes. Over the guardrail. Over the guardrail, leaves the building. Now we go to the main event, which is the other member of the one I'd say, Ronnie Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, heavyweight champion. Heavyweight champion defending his title. Against Latin Fury, Luis Ortiz, Cold Fury featuring Latin Fury, Luis Ortiz. I think this might be a good time to take a break as a, a little cliffhanger here. We're going to finish off the old story here, but uh, you're listening to Let the Chaos Begin here on the NAI Pop Network. We will be right back.
Are you a wrestling fan, but you've always wanted to get in the ring? Do you want to follow in the footsteps of superstars like Donovan Dijak and Flip Gordon? Then check out the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. At the NEPWA, you can live your wrestling dreams and train at the best pro wrestling school in the Northeast. Check out NEProWrestling.com for information on joining and about their upcoming fantasy camp. It's NEProWrestling.com. Start your pro wrestling dreams today. My name is Jason Malta. I am Liam Strager. And I'm Bill Neville. And live every Wednesday night on NewAgeInsiders.com and the Mixler app, we're taking topics and thousands of fan perspectives and bringing them to your airwaves. And don't forget, we'll be live and taking your calls before and after every single WWE pay-per-view that we do not attend. But wait, there's more. You can also subscribe to our Patreon page by visiting Patreon.com and searching for New Age Insiders. And with plans starting at just $2 a month, there's an affordable option for everyone. Monday Rewards, Tuesday Rewards, exclusive pay-per-view rewards exclusive shows why wouldn't you become a patreon and we will see you wednesday night at eight o'clock we out and we are back you are listening to let the chaos begin right here on the nai pop network and uh, for those of you listening, Rich has spent the entire break letting me have it Damn because right. I, I lost control when he was telling you about the, the angle and I accused him of falling for it. No, Rich was trying to Rich was actually being a good storyteller <laughs> and he was trying to lead us to a point and building a little bit of drama. What was happening? I was building the cliffhanger and getting ready to go to the break, and you got red faced and started yelling, "You're falling for the story!" Oh I'm like, my God, "All it's... I was going to say is they have our championships. Seem like a good time for them to negotiate for more money." With that said, let's take a. Br- That's what I was going to do. Well, I didn't look at the booking sheet. I'm, I'm like, I'm like an indie guy now. I, I don't even, look, I don't even read the damn. I don't work sheets. for you anymore, so I. Uh, well, that's fine, but uh, but th- you're starting to hear my frustration. And I know we're going to do another episode when we talk about the transition of when I actually took over Chaotic Wrestling from President Randy, Miller, Randy Miller. From President Randy Miller on a daily basis. But you're starting to see the seeds of it getting planted. This whole shit show with the one night stand this night of mm-hmm. everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, our top guys for the past 15 months mm-hmm. are allegedly walking out the door. Mm-hmm. But now we get to the main event. We get to our main event, Ronnie Delicious of the One Night Stand, defending the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the number one contender, Latin Fury Luis Ortiz. And Jamie, the fans got to vote on the stipulation. That's right. The interweb was in its, its early stages. There was no social media. There nope. was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. So you had to go to WW. I was actually listening to one of them, Rich, and you were promoting something on this show. And, and, and you literally say... So make sure you go to www.chaoticwrestling.com. That's how we did it back then. That is. That is how we did <laughs> it back then. I, I thought it was very funny. I kind of chuckled. Yes. But, uh, but we had the fans grow, vote. Yeah. They yeah. could vote. We had a poll. That was kind of high tech back then. It sure was. Where they could vote on what, what stipulation mm-hmm. they wanted in this match. Yes. It could be a false count anywhere. It could be a ladder match. Mm-hmm. It could be a steel cage match. Or it could be a lumberjack match. And I believe, if I remember correctly, steel cage got about 63% of the vote. The other two got like 20% and 18% respectively. And Lumberjack Match got about 4%. 
So the minority rules. So Randy Miller said we're going to do a lumberjack match. Fantastic. Perfect. Yeah, because why? Why listen to your fan? Because remember, <laughs> we couldn't do a steel cage. Right. In Lawrence, the the ceiling wasn't high enough. In Lawrence, Lawrence wasn't was, high enough. I was going to say. So we were talking about the building earlier. I loved that building um, because I felt any building where you have to use a studio ring is the drizzling right. shits to yep. me. There is nothing worse than seeing a big, bad 350-pound wrestler walk to the ring and just take one little six-inch step up off the floor, and they are in the ring ready for yeah. battle. It just it just kills everything. Um, okay. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's one thing that always set us apart is we thought about production and experience. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that contributes to it is if you're a fan sitting down, you should be looking up yes. at the wrestlers. It makes them look bigger. Yeah, and we we did one show at the 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 uh, what was the the Elks in Lawrence? Elks in we Lawrence. And this there. was recently. Yeah, it was like in the past two years. Yeah, and we when did we bought one the new ring with the studio ring because that 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 venue has like things that hang down. Yeah. and I remember um, I think JT Dunn actually went through the ceiling tiles yes. one yep. time because. And then we tried one with the studio ring. I don't know. You looked a little perplexed. Maybe you were in Hawaii. But. No, 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 no. I was there for this because what I was going to say was we had bought a new ring. This was Chaotic's last ring that I was there for. Okay. Physical ring we're talking about yes, now. Yes, yes. And we actually bought an adjustable ring yeah. where you could drop it down. Yeah. It, the, the, the corners have two sets of brackets. Yeah. So what we're able to do, you could drop it down. Yeah. So you could adjust it to be high or low. Yeah. And we, you're right. We went with the studio height, and it was awful. Yeah. It just— And, it, it, and unfortunately, if I remember that night— it wasn't until we got it all set up and saw it that we're all looking at it going, well, this looks shitty, but we, you know, it's yeah, half gonna, an hour. We yeah. can't, we can't take the whole ring apart. Yeah, that sucked. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, it just, it, it, it and it, it, it's not just a chaotic thing. It's, it's in 25 years of doing this. Anytime I do a show anywhere and I see a studio ring, I'm just ugh. like, ugh, yeah. ugh. But anyways, um, so but, so we have the stars of chaotic wrestling. Yes, lining the ring. Yes, for this big blow-off match. Fans wanted a cage match. They wanted Falls Count Anywhere, but the office decided. That's right. Minority rules. So, yeah. And and who comes out right toward the end of the match? Edward G. Ecstasy. With his head taped. Which I don't understand why, because I don't recall him bleeding. No, but Ronnie hit him with the heavyweight belt at the finish of the tag match. Ah. So his head hurt. Okay. So he wrapped it, apparently. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. That wasn't booked, like I said. Okay. I'll take credit for my shitty decisions for the next 12 years. I can't take this one. Okay. Um, Edward G. comes in. Boom, boom, boom. Louis goes over. Yes. Now, here are a couple of things that I noticed this. And, you know, this is where all the, the, the wrestling geeks who like to hear about backstage stories and bookings can get all excited. Mm-hmm. Bunch of problems with how this main event happens. First of all, we picked the finish. We picked the stipulation the fans didn't want. Mm-hmm. It's fine. By having that many people out there now, it takes away from the one person you want the attention on. Edward G. Ecstasy, the whole point is he's going to come back in to interfere and mistakenly, allegedly screw over his partner, his, right. his buddy, Ronnie D. Ends up striking Ronnie D. with the heavyweight right. title belt so to set up the finish. Now to quote somebody, you got lots of arms and legs out there, yes. and here comes, here comes Edward G., We've been building for I don't know how long for Louis Ortiz to win this title, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's our big baby face. He's the guy we're going to, you know, he, he's going to be the big baby face champion, the first baby face champion in a while mm-hmm. in chaotic wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He's going to be the guy. Yep. He's going to beat the big heel finally, and he doesn't do a clean. 
Right. He does it because the other guy interferes, and it's actually referee Rich Lannon who slides in yep, to make the, the count. count. Because I don't think Rich was Fat Pants the original ref, or was Fat Pants the ref in? He was the ref in the tag match. So again, Ring of Honor fans, watch these matches again. Go, uh, go on YouTube. Chaotic uh, Wrestling Cold Fury. A f- very fresh haircut. That's right. Compliments of Brutus the Barber Beefcake in the same venue, probably right. a couple of months prior. Couple months prior. Pants had uh, volunteered. It, it was Beefcake against Aaron Stevens. Mm. And, of course, Beefcake was going to cut somebody's hair. It wasn't going to be Aaron's beautiful nope. locks. And uh, Pants got his head shaved. So now you've got this interference happening. So your brand-new babyface champion doesn't go over clean. Mm-hmm. And you've also told the fans that really the storyline they should care about is... What's going to happen with the one-night stand? Because mm. you've just seen him storm out. Yep. You've seen management come in and throw them out. You've seen him hit his tag team partner. So you've taken all the shine off of Louis Ortiz's hot new win. Now, granted, all the uh, wrestlers hopped in and did the WrestleMania 10 thing. Yes. Where all the baby faces put them on the shoulders. We had beer. You had beer, too? Oh, I... What the hell was wrong with this company? I didn't have beer, Jamie. It was... Well, I don't work for you. I did not bring the beer, though. Um, but yeah, there Vince was... Vince Vicala brought the beer on the cooler, oh, I'm sure, right? Come on. Do you want to talk about a shoot? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love you, Vince Vicala. Oh, he, he was great. This was, again, we didn't touch up we'll, when we kind of talk about <laughs> different little parts of the card. Yep. But um, we'll talk about them in a minute. But but so, like, everything that could be wrong with mm-hmm. the finish of a show was. Yes. You know, except for we had our baby face on the shoulders. So now I want to talk about what happened next, because it ties into what you brought up earlier with contracts and all of that. Mm-hmm. We are all under the impression this is all storyline. This is an angle. This yep. is a work. Yep. Until literally Milo and I get a call from Randy a few days after Cold Fury, and he tells us, one night stand is done with us. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't want to work with us. They didn't want to do this. They wanted more money. We're not using them anymore. We're like, they're the best act we have right now. Right. What do you mean they're not coming back? He's like, no, we're done with them. And it was at the time, Randy was in charge. That was the end of the conversation. Randy got himself so wound up into thinking all of this was real that he forgot it didn't have to be. You know, now maybe at the time it was our our top competitor in the air at the time was Sheldon Goldberg's NECW, Mm -hmm. which looking back, I'm going to keep using the phrase, at the time, he was our biggest competitor. Um, And that's where everybody would threaten to go. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me now of like when WWE guys go to work in TNA and Impact. It's like, go ahead, go there. Nobody's going to watch you. You know, (laughs) and that's what would happen is every effing time up until Steve Bradley came along. And that's a story for another day. Of course. But guys would go to NECW. At the time, nobody cared Mm -hmm. if you left. Because, Rich, you said, we were building a brand. Yep. But next thing you know, we don't have our top drawing tag team anymore. Right. And Milo was pissed. Milo was friendly with the one night stand outside of wrestling, too. He was, he was furious. Mm-hmm. But then Randy starts talking about us. Oh, well, we'll let things cool down. Maybe we'll bring him back. We got the Kowalski guys and, and Mike Hollow's on board. Now we're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Yep. Our next show, Rich, was at the Lowell Elks Club. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you remember what happened that night? I'm going to test your memory. We just crowned our new babyface champion, Louis Ortiz. Mm-hmm. What happened in Lowell? Ooh. 
right now I'm playing the For the Pops. Yeah. The, I'm playing the For the Pops quiz music right yeah, now, Yeah, I didn't Rich. know this was going to happen. You want to talk about a shoot. This is like yeah, I'm, literally I'm happening right now. What happened? Did the One Night Stand show up? No, they didn't. Did Louis defend against like Mike Studd? Louis defended against Aaron Stevens. Who stayed with us. Yeah, because he was a Kowalski guy. Yep. What happened was Louis turned heel. And joined Randy Miller and, and the, Mike Hollow. The office. the office. It was all a big ploy. So we just took our top baby face that we had spent a year and a half building. Yes. We turned him on the next show so the champion could be in Randy Miller's stable. That's right. And that was the night in Lowell where everybody was chanting for one night stand, one night stand. Yep. And Randy Miller got out in the ring and he said, you can keep chanting, but you better chant a lot louder because it's a long way to Rhode Island. And to this day, there are a group of us who you can ask us, hey, uh, what do you know about Rhode Island? Oh, it's a long way to Rhode Island mm. because of the infamous Randy Miller sh- crap promo. Because that's where Ronnie and, and Andy, Andy and Edward G were from. Yes. And that was Randy, quote unquote, getting over on them on the mic in front of 110 people in Lowell, Massachusetts. Because he thought he was Vince McMahon on Raw. And what I remember distinctly, now that we pieced that together and I failed that last test. That's okay. Um, we referenced these three before. Todd, Fat Pants Sinclair, yep. our good buddy, lead senior official of Ring of Honor. Um, Mike Jass, who was, after this time, our ringside photographer. And Eric Mucko Arsenault, our dear friend, um, who we lost uh, recently. They used to sit in the front row. And I do want to say that when Eric said the only reason they came back was because of the one night stand, those are like those three gentlemen right there were like the ECW fans in Philadelphia. Exactly. Yep. It, you needed to impress them. They yep. had to be something and that's why they all became parts of the organization um as as time went on. But I will never ever forget Mucko Big ups to Mucko. When that all happened and Randy did all that, yeah. Mucko, clear as day. We got to find the video. You can hear clear as day. He goes, You should be ashamed of yourself, Miller. Just for the fact that Randy inserted himself yes. into being yeah. a character, yeah. a part of the talent sure. of, of chaotic wrestling. I will never, ever forget that. That's- and awesome. I swear it's a great we, story. And, and that might have aired. Did we were we on the t- on you and I at the time? Probably, yeah, because we were on TV at this point. It was very audible. You should be ashamed of yourself, Miller. And that's a great point that Eric wasn't saying he didn't want the angle. He was saying Randy Miller, the person, yeah, should be ashamed of himself. And that was always, you know, the switch. That was always my biggest point of pride in my entire run in chaotic wrestling. I never appeared in the chaotic wrestling ring mm. in a character of any sort. No. I sometimes went out for a tribute. I sometimes went out for a goodbye. Every now and again, I'd go out there to, as a pull apart. Mm-hmm. But I never grabbed a mic and said, I'm so-and-so, and I, I hated that. It or was if just... somebody was bleeding profusely and you wanted them to yeah, so take we'll, it home. We'll save that for the Dijak episode, the Dijak and Chase episodes. of <laughs> uh, that. That's a great story we'll tell, we'll tell someday. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that that's what the crazy part of this was, Rich, is, is the aftermath of this was, like, looking back and I watched this show, I realized... This show had nothing to do with with chaotic wrestling getting better. Mm-hmm. This show had everything to do with Randy Miller getting himself over and inserting himself in 
to the storylines and being part of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I think the other big story coming out of the show was the emergence of that Kowalski group. Mm-hmm. And they were really the horses that we hitched the chaotic wagon to for what the next probably five years easy through about Cold Fury 6. Yep. It was John and Louie and Jay and uh, Vin, excuse me, Vince Vicalo, Mike Studd, um, and all the guys that kept coming through. Mike Kowalski Scarecrow. And the CTs. Oh, attrition. Attrition, tag team champions. One of my one of my favorite tag teams in chaotic wrestling yes. history. Yeah, so it was it was the. Uh, I said Scarecrow was on this one too. You said that he wrestled. Uh, yeah, he wrestled um, Gino Gino Martino just in a singles yeah. match, and uh, yeah, so we put Scarecrow and Stud together. They were attrition, and I will never forget. I went to the Boston Garden for WWE pay per view. Oh God. And I was with my wife, Lisa. I think she actually, this is actually when she could stand professional wrestling. And we went to like a WWE pay-per-view. And we were at the Harp across the street from the Garden, the Irish bar. We actually got engaged at that same, that same bar. Um, same bar, not, not the same night. You guys were married already, right? We were already married. Okay. We got engaged at the Harp. So anytime okay. we're in Boston, we always go to the Harp. Oh, because, oh we got engaged. I, I did a whole thing. But anyways, um, Scarecrow was at the harp wearing his chaotic wrestling tag team championship as if it was an accessory as if it was a belt an actual belt to hold up his pants i will never ever as long as i live forget that i still interact with him on on the social media and uh, i will remind him of that yes he he, they just won him I see Scarecrow in downtown Boston. He was a manager. He was a manager and a bouncer at Jillian's forever, Ooh. the old pool hall. Down yes, but not not an old, not a pool hall. It was like a three story entertainment complex. We right filmed by something. Yeah. No opportunity wasted. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I used to see him down there all the time. And same thing, I see him on social media. Yeah, but yeah, that's another great story because we keep talking about the. I remember Pants and Mucko. I actually that there was a WWE show that night, and I had a Skybox, and they were coming to meet me there, and they saw him in the stairwell, stairwell, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Pants avoided eye contact while while Bucko yelled at the top of his, of his lungs, "Scarecrow, you <laughs> fucking stink!" And, and that that was it. Um, Muck was screaming at him, uh, and uh, that's a great lead into uh, one of our upcoming episodes when we talk about the chaotic rules, which one of which is Jamie's and Jamie and more Mark's rules for what would happen with the chaotic belts before and after each and every show. Because mm-hmm. that was another one of our favorite chaotic rules, of course. Um, but talking about Scarecrow, you know, I, I was watching this show and I on online I was catching some clips and, and a few other things that jumped out at me that I thought, thought were kind of humorous. Uh, I mean, like it was it was such garbage indie booking. Uh, Gino and Scarecrow, I think, ends in a no decision. It's uh, like, Gino won by a countout. Because that's how you end a big that. match between two guys is end it in a countout. <laughs> Um, the, 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 the bull rope match between Big Mike Stud and Ali, Ali Muhammad, Muhammad, yes, that was amazing because they do this whole bull rope match, right? Yep. And short sleeves in Stud's corner. Yep. Skunk O'Malley is in Ali Muhammad. Tell, tell our listeners about Skunk O'Malley because I don't know when we're ever going to talk about him again. Well, what do, where do you want me to start with Skunk O'Malley? All oh. I know is that it was in a perfect opportunity for him to bleed. But but yeah. is that where the no blood came from? <laughs> Who knows? But but here's the best part: they do this whole bull rope match in the middle. There's a cowbell. Yeah. Okay. Because of course a bull rope has a cowbell in the middle. Yes. Rules are you touch all four corners. So Ali won, right? I think Ali goes over. Ali victorious. Right? Yes. After the match, right outside the ring, 
Stud hits Ali with the cowbell. Mm-hmm. Ali goes down. Skunk tries to interfere. Stud tosses the cowbell up to short sleeve, who comes off the, the, the apron, hits Skunk with it. Ali and Skunk both come up bleeding like stuck pigs. They gigged. Why in the hell would you gig after the match is over? Somebody please explain to me the psychology. There was no return match. This wasn't building anything. Why in the holy name of all that's holy would you book a spot that you both decide to bleed after After the the match match outside the ring? Want to know why they didn't do it in the ring? We don't want to get blood on the canvas would be my guess. Probably. What kind of asinine... Jesus, I, I know, I know. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I, it didn't take much for Ali to bleed, anyways. He had a very scarred up forehead. God rest his soul. And I'll tell you something. We lost um, Anthony Rufo, who portrayed Ali Muhammad in Chaotic Wrestling. We lost him. I'm gonna say three, maybe four years ago. Yeah. And I actually saw Andy Vale, aka Edward G. Ecstasy. At the uh, at the services, which we actually had a show that night, the 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 same day of Anthony Rufo's um, services, it was a Friday night in Providence, Rhode Island, which is a long way from where we were running in Woburn, Massachusetts, yeah. and uh, that I saw um, Andy there. I hadn't seen him in a long time, um, but yeah, and. That's I Did we do a tell bet ten bell salute that night? Yes, we did. Because he had wrestled. Because he had wrestled for Chaotic. And I always liked Anthony. You know what? I will say we'll kind of try to bring this full circle and then I I do have one other quick story for those of you who go online and watch this watch this show. Uh, That that original crew we had, I'm sure we'll talk about them all in group someday. Mm -hmm. To this day, if I see Gino Martino, I greet him like a brother. Of course. Anthony Rufo was the same way. Ronnie and Andy, because we're all starting something together, it was really cool and fun. And we all had the the matching windbreakers. I actually still have mine. I got mm-hmm. I got crap at a barbecue earlier today because I pulled off my windbreaker, and I'm wearing a, a Nike shirt today. <laughs> and somebody said to me, they're like, Jamie, I don't think I've ever seen you in a polo without the Chaotic Wrestling right. logo on the chest. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I don't have a lot of it. I gave a lot of it away, or I gave it to different people on the roster, or... I said, the one thing I have kept, though, is I still have my original Chaotic Wrestling hoodie yeah. that we all used to wear for every show. Yep. But, uh, yeah, but that, that, was, that was sad when, when, when Anthony passed, but I, I still love all those guys. You know, th- that being said, I don't know why the hell he bled after the match outside the ring. No. But, but that, was not, that was not the best spot of the night that took place outside the ring. There's a better one, Rich. Mm. See, I know, Rich, folks... Now that I'm retired, I have nothing to do but sit here and watch all this crap to get ready for these shows. And our whole game, as you as you listen to us, is going to be: I try to remember what I remember, and then I challenged Rich. I challenged Rich to recall things. The Duke's Dalton Arch Kincaid match. I was just going to point to it here. Yeah. Was this the the night of the spanking? Yes. Okay. And that's what leads to our greatest moment ever. Yes. See, what happened was. Um, Brittany was wearing, she was a slight little blonde thing. Absolutely. Right? And she was wearing a gold tube top. She wore gold because it was Cold Fury. It's a yes. big show. Yes. After the match, Arch Kincaid pulls her into the ring, gets his, takes off Mike Crockett's belt. I think Crockett was the ref. Takes off his belt, puts Brittany over his knee, and starts spanking her, pulls down her gold pants. Yes. Shows her red thong. 
which we I believe I said on uh, on commentary. Either Milo or myself said that must be from undercover wear. That's right. Thank you for the plug for for my former company. Yes. He starts whipping her butt. Yes. As she's struggling, she pops out of her top as well. Yes. So. At Cold Fury 1, while we all remember this is one that started an, an, a 17 or 18-year legacy of chaotic wrestling's WrestleMania, we had blood, mm-hmm. we had cursing, we had illogical booking, and, and, we, had a little, and we had a little bit of nudity. A wardrobe what, malfunction. What more could you ask for on an independent wrestling show? Oh, my goodness. At the end of the match, so mm-hmm. that happens, Dukes, meanwhile, he doesn't see any of this because he's trying to celebrate outside the ring. Mm-hmm. The only thing he can find to celebrate with is Milo Masterson's Sprite. So he's pouring it over his head because he's just won the title because he thinks, oh, it, it's the closest thing and, and Dukes is a goof. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he finally figures out what's going on. He pulls her out of the ring. She's still out of her top. Yes. I have taken off my aforementioned chaotic wrestling hoodie and I run to cover her up. As I cover her up, Dukes pushes me, I slip on the Sprite, <laughs> and go ass over tea kettle on the floor. Of So I guess I lied earlier when I said I never made an in-ring appearance, because I did. I kind of did a run-in, and Dukes bumped me. And to this day, I'm telling you folks, Google, Cold Fury 1, Chaotic Wrestling, Richard Lannon, find the Arch Kincaid versus Duke Stop match, watch till the end, and you will see Jamie take the worst, most girly bump on the face <laughs> of the earth. Because Duke's called me recently. Duke's and I text all the time still, and he's like, he's like, God, you took a terrible bump. And I'm like, dude, I slipped. On your damn Sprite. I slipped on the Sprite. <laughs> he, to this day, up until recently, he thought I tried to take a bump because he hit me. No, he touched me, and I fell. And, and that was my, that was you know, WrestleMania moments? That was my yeah. cold fury moment. <laughs> friends don't let Falling friends down. Friends don't let friends run around ringside with an exposed breast or two. Oh. Yes, yeah, so like goodness. I said, we had blood, we had cursing, we had nudity. Yes. And to think that's what led to, you know, chaotic wrestling 15, 16 years later, selling out 700 seats at, in Haverhill and packing places in Drakeit, right? That that's what cold fury yes. ended up becoming. It it has become the standard bearer, I dare say, for uh, independent wrestling in the New England area. Cold Fury is that's the one everybody wants to see, and uh, believe me, plans are already in the work for Cold Fury eighteen. And I love how we, the way things came together. You always reminded me. If I could never remember what number Cold Fury we're on, it's yeah. always whatever year we're in minus one. Minus one. One year I almost tried to do it toward the end, like around 14, 15. I actually thought about doing two Cold Furies in one year. Because mm-hmm. when one was in like February, I thought, do we do one in December mm. to get us back on account? But no, we. Uh, I remember I think it was Crockett and I, he's like, Jamie, this isn't going to work. Just suck it up. We're always going to be off <laughs> yeah. off by one year. Yeah. So that's what the way I remember it. As but, I get uh, older, I'll probably think I'm going to supposed to add a year. But That's right. That's okay. As, you know, as we get older, Rich. You know, the, the synapses stop firing. So, Rich, that's pretty much going to do it for our review and recap of Cold Fury 1. Where can everybody catch you in the next few weeks? 
I will be, as my good friend Brian Malonis says, or as Mike Crockett sets up for him, I'll be traveling the highways and byways. Wow, if I could say it, it'd be even better. Um, I have this weekend off, so my family, should I still be married by the time I get home after recording on a Sunday night after a full weekend of uh, shows and Hall of Fame ceremonies, uh, should I still be married? I will be home with my family next weekend. Uh, Hopefully my son doesn't hear this. He doesn't know that I am taking him to the Red Sox on Sunday, and I'm sure I'll see our good friend Steve arsenal at fenway park um saturday june 16th i will be at the starland sports funplex in hanover massachusetts for the brand new uh, new england all-star wrestling sunday june 17th wrestling has a tomorrow five at fet music that's right father's day i will be having working a show at fet music um then friday june 22nd the chaos returns to Woburn, Massachusetts at the Elks Lodge. Chaotic Wrestling back in Woburn on June 22nd. And then Sunday, June 24th, Beyond Wrestling, Melrose Memorial Hall, Main Street, Melrose, Massachusetts. That is going to be a doubleheader with the aforementioned Evolve promotion. Beyond Wrestling will be on at, I believe, 2 p.m. And then there will be an Evolve event after that. And then I am on vacation for one week. Good for you. And me, you can find me right back here on the For the Pops Network and the NAI Pop Network when Scotty Slade and I will be back in one week with our For the Pops podcast. If you have any ideas for us, you don't have to be Mark Sherman to reach out with ideas. In fact, don't ever be Mark Sherman. Friends don't let friends be Mark Sherman. And that's gonna, that should be our first t-shirt. You're going to hook us up with Pro Wrestling Tees. I, I know a guy. That, that'll be awesome. I know a guy. He's um, got a studio apartment. But, you know, reach out to us. We're on Twitter. You can uh, tweet us at For the Pops. You can find us on fa- Facebook at LTCB Podcast. Or just go to ForThePops.com and follow all the little links. If there's a story you want us to tell or questions you have for us or any feedback on the podcast with This is Jamie Jamikowski. You've been listening to me and my co-host, Richard Palladino, right here on the Let the Chaos Begin podcast on the NAI Pop Network.